Welcome to the Rival and Queen podcast. We're so happy you're here with us today. Happy Sarah, Thursday. Feeling all the love. Happy Thursday. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sarah. How are we you? love you guys. I know. We're in a great mood today. The weather's been great. Life is good. I've actually noticed the last like five, like three or four times we've been recording intros, Ash, that you and I are so lit up. And I think it's because summer's like here now. And I'm, I've never thought that the sun and summer like infected my mood this much, but I've noticed that we've been so amped up lately. Totally. And things are getting better with COVID and everything. There's just an extra optimist. Is that the word? Optimistic yes. air right now, I feel like, upon the city and upon everyone because things were so bad that now, like, things are turning and they feel 10x. And it's like summer when the city comes alive and, like, people are out and dating is well and good and it's all exciting, you know? The city comes alive. Do you feel that? Like, oh, you're totally. in a relationship, but, like, I feel that. I'm like, totally. everyone's out. The time is now. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's a crazy time, but the leaves finally are out and the flowers are blooming and it's it's a feel good time. A new season. Oh, we're coming to life, girl. And we just celebrated your birthday. Yes. We're post birthday now. Officially 33. The year of magic. And if you want to learn more about me and learn more about our special birthday bonus episode, check that out. That was it last week. Last Friday, I released it a day late, guys, but it was in honor of Ashley's birthday. And we did a special episode with Greg, her brother, who we talk about in almost every episode. Shout out to Greg, my future husband, maybe. <laughs> up in the air, up in the air. <laughs> no, we had and such, Ashley's a, such a fun day. Thank you so much. You made my day so special. And we planned all these activities, which were outdoors. And, and, and oh, it was the best day. It was so fun. The weather was perfect. I had a great time at your birthday. <laughs> Good. A few people wrote me and wished me happy birthday and said, oh, I'm so sorry. It's a COVID birthday. I hope your pandemic birthday is fine. And I was like, it was great. We had a social distance happy hour, well, like happy two hour on Citadel Hill. And everyone came and we hung out in the sun. It was wonderful. And we enjoyed a, a drink, whether we were allowed to or not. We, we did, did secretly. Safely. <laughs> And distance. It yeah. was fun. It was there so were fun. dogs. There were babies. It was great. nothing better. <laughs> it was awesome. Do you want to know where it isn't summer right now, Sarah? Tell me, Ashley. Where is it? Not In Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. We have Danielle Sopa. Oh, I said that wrong. Danielle yes. Sopa on this week. And she actually is from Nova Scotia, but she lives in Australia. And it was really interesting when Sarah and I were talking to her and we follow her on Instagram. She starts her morning out with a beautiful sunrise beach walk pretty much every single day. And she has her toque or beanie, as she would call it, or they call it in Australia, her toque on and, and her jacket and everything. And it's just so funny thinking about the opposite side of the planet because it's about 15 degrees there which it's about the same here but that's their winter girl we're or their winter we're starting amped. yeah their winter's just starting okay yeah it was lovely to have danielle on and to have that perspective where she's like getting bundled up and we're you know really pushing the limits of 15 degrees yeah it's very <laughs> different. yeah 
No, and Danielle is one of the founders of Pure Private Wealth, which is a boutique financial advisory firm in Australia. Uh, and they specialize in financial coaching, and they take a unique approach to financial mindset, which we love. That was really why we wanted to talk to Danielle. I'm so excited about this episode. First of all, we love money, and I think that is a perspective that more people should get on board with, is actually having like a good relationship with money. Um, the last few months, especially in COVID, I've been so consciously focused on starting to have useful conversations about money and learning more about how to manage my own money and also really looking at like how I feel about money and like how I think about it. And it's been huge. So I was so excited when we got Danielle on to actually talk about like our money mindsets and how we can actually build good habits and feel empowered when it comes to money. And I think Ash, you and I actually talk about this quite a lot. Yeah. And, and I really liked, as you did, the, the mindset aspect to just bridging how you think and feel about money and putting those things out there and, and setting goals for yourself because it makes things happen differently than and, and removing that kind of scariness around budgeting and money and savings and, and banking and all those things like make it a make it a chore that you enjoy and it's a good thing because it's your money like Danielle says you should be accountable and look at every cent and every dollar because it's your money and we've all worked really hard to get that money um, so it's not weird to to kind of be looking at your bank statements and, and checking things out, looking at your receipts, like that is a good practice. Yeah. And I would say, um, even as you're saying that it's still giving me chills a bit, like it feels not fun, but, Mm -hmm. and this is an offense to you, but what I'll say is in this episode, Danielle breaks it down and like actually really easy ways to manage money. And since we've done this episode with her and since we actually initially chatted with her, I have started doing all these things. And I'm actually like freaking love it. Like, and it's so easy once you start and like rethink how you think about money, but even more so than in this conversation, I think it's just, it's an important conversation for everyone to have is to start talking more openly about money, figuring out where you don't feel confident and maybe what you're not as excited about or where you have blinders on. And just to like, to your point, exactly. Daniel said, you work so hard to make money and then you spend almost no time managing it. And it's different for different people. Certain people have like a frigging great relationship with money. They've been super focused on how to manage it since they're young. And then for other people, and and for me included, that just like wasn't something I paid attention to. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Until now. I think that's really normal. But it's, it's almost when you're talking there, it reminded me of kind of neglecting your house or your, your living space and not organizing it and just kind of throwing things aside and not, you just kind of put stuff away, but eventually you need to pay attention to what's happening. And I feel like that's how people find themselves sometimes in a lot of debt or trouble or feeling really uncomfortable about spending money, whether it be on a trip or something that they've been wanting to do because they haven't planned properly or just kind of paid attention or to even what's if they happening. Have, yeah. Even if they have the money to do it, they just don't even feel confident in it because they're not sure. Yeah, no, exactly. Like that planning is really important. And the thing I learned the most and that I need to do is actually talk to my bank, set up some other savings accounts that even just small frequent payments can go into that I know, like Danielle said, if you want to invest in your 
overall like health or well-being if it's important to you to go to spas or if it's important for you to go to certain classes like put that money aside if that's what's important to you and then that's what you should spend whatever percentage I forget what she talked about there but that's you can have all these different savings accounts you don't just need like two or three you could have multiple so you can actually plan and put small amounts into things that you care about and mean a lot to you. Totally. So I think overall on a whole, this conversation is so important for everyone. Like we truly, truly believe that everyone should feel empowered when it comes to money and to learn, like feel comfortable learning and be aware of where they are and feel good about it. Um, Even if you aren't happy with where you are today or you want to be somewhere different, like it's all good. Start where you are and this episode totally like we just dive into how you can actually start taking care of yourself and learning about your own finances. I freaking loved it. And like Ash is talking about, this is super, 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 super practical. I've never ever in my life been someone who's been able to budget. And Danielle breaks it down. Less into budgeting is this like super rigid thing you make a promise to, but more of this idea that budgeting is so that you actually gain awareness about how you spend money, which Mm -hmm. has been incredible. So She tells us how to do that. She tells us how much money we need in our emergency fund, how to divide up our money as you're talking about, Ashley, like where, how to redistribute our money in ways that we love. So budgeting isn't actually like about penny pinching or scarcity. It's more about consciously choosing to put your money in areas that make you feel great. And everyone's different. And I love that she talked about like that the Starbucks or the latte. You always hear that we'll stop spending $4 a day or however many days a week on a latte. But if that's something you treasure and appreciate, you put that money aside so that you can actually do that. And if that brings you joy, you should keep doing it. But it's paying attention to what that is and, and kind of putting that money where you need it. And um it was so good. And like you said, Sarah, we're not really spending as much money right now. People are being a bit more cautious about their spending. Of course, we need to pay our bills, um, Mm -hmm. provide food, any other uh, essential things that we need. So it is a good time to kind of look at what spending might look like after that. If you're starting to then go out or do more activities or take vacations, you want to make sure that you've been smart about what's considering what's happened. Some people don't even have jobs. So, um. well, it's very, it's also a really easy time though, because you've limited your spending. You don't have as many distractions. So it's kind of a, a good time relative to focus on this because like you said, it is an important time. There are changes happening, you know, even from a livelihood perspective, like, yeah, your pay may have changed, but you can also really kind of slow down some of your outside spending. So it is a nice time to focus energy there and and help build your confidence up. Yeah, because you don't want it to be shocking when the world eventually starts to get more and more back to normal. And then you're realizing, oh, I'm spending money because I'm grabbing this or I'm eating out or I'm doing whatever. And then all of a sudden your funds start deteriorating like that's (laughs) So it's a good time to think about what you want to do in the future. What is the craziest thing, Sarah, you've bought? online or in person since COVID's happened? Anything? Anything? No, I've been so good at spending. I have totally the last two months, I have been very much focused on, I don't know, managing my money in a good way. I did buy, do you know what I realized is I spent a ton of money on gifts for other people. I budgeted like $40 a month for gifts. I think the last three months I've spent $160 on gifts every month. (laughs) 
And then I'm, you can return mine if you want. <laughs> no, and it's fine because it's been your birthday and Katie's birthday and, and you two are two of my best friends. But there's been so many other things and you just don't realize. And so I've been like, all right, this is this is just a surprise. I did buy myself a pair of flats though, Ashley. So, But that's practical. What did you buy? Anything crazy? I haven't bought, I just ordered hairspray shampoo and conditioner because I you bought a that. spin bike oh I did buy a spin bike <laughs> okay I did it's right beside me um but in all fairness I've used it I use it multiple times a week I don't want to say every day um so it's a it's a good investment it wasn't that expensive it wasn't three thousand dollar it was like under five hundred dollars <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a peloton and I had one previously my friend lent me when I had knee surgery so I knew it was something that if I bought at home that it wouldn't just sit there that I'd use it. So I'm justifying that. it, but I do like it. I I've ordered jeans. That's the only thing I think I've really bought for clothes. I don't know. Not going anywhere. Like I wear this black t-shirt, my Lulu's maybe the odd ripped jean. Girl, you look great. I love it. Yeah. So for everyone listening today, no matter what your money mindset is, this episode is I think you'll love it. I've been so deep on this journey of like money mindset and upgrading my mindset to one of abundance. And this has been, this conversation was so, 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 so good with Danielle. Yeah. And very practical. Like you said, it really makes you not be afraid and realize that these are like fun things I can actually try or do. And, and just even setting some simple goals is a nice way to, to even start and uh, start planning for your future. Totally. Whatever it is. And don't be scared of it. If it's a big goal or big dream, we're all feel for good. it. We're yeah, all feel for go- it. Feel good about it. You can follow Danielle and learn more um, at Pure Private Wealth on Instagram. And you can also follow her personal if you guys want to connect with her. It's D-S-O-P. D-E-E-S-O-P-P. Yeah, she has a killer Instagram. See all the beautiful sunsets, which Sarah, she did challenge us. I want to mention this before we finish that Danielle said, I want to challenge you both within the week to see a sunrise. And I actually, I don't know if it was just like mental, a mindset that happened, but I think it was literally the next day or two days later that I did not set an alarm clock. And I just woke up and it was 5.30 and I said, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get my coffee and I'm going to see that sunset. And I did. Sunrise. I mean sunrise. Sorry. And that happened three times in the last, we talked to Danielle a couple weeks ago. And that's happened a few times. I'm, I'm into I it. I know. When she gave us that challenge, I said no. <laughs> yeah. In all fairness, you're right. You, you were kind of like, mm. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I will do it. I was texting her about it the other day, actually, but I was like, not yet. I got to work myself up from 7.30 till 5.30 a.m. And that's the thing. I think it's like a beautiful thing if it just kind of happens, but you don't want to force it and dread getting up. But and for our listeners, we challenge you to, to, to try it and let us know if you're with Sarah and you just can't quite get there or if you want to just do it and feel that orange um, sunrise. It's really nice. It gives Danielle's. You- yeah, lots Daniel's of hours. Real big on it. Yeah. yeah, get up in the morning. Tag us in your sunrise photos if you're doing it. Yes, good idea. I'll be sleeping. <laughs> we'll see them <laughs> in a few hours. I'll see them a few hours later. All right, Ash, should we dive in? Let's do it.
We want to welcome Danielle Sopa to the Rival and Queen podcast. Welcome, Danielle. You're talking to us all the way from Australia this morning. Thank you so much for having me on. I know I'm about um, 13 hours ahead, so I'm the day ahead of you guys at the moment. In the future. You're in the future. I'm in the future. I'm so excited right now. Yeah, we are so excited to talk to you and talk about both money, because that's what you do. But Sarah and I actually have been trying to get someone on the podcast to talk about money and mindset and learning more about how it is important to be smart with your money. And of course, right now with COVID and everything happening, I think this is such a perfect time for us to talk about this. Totally. I don't think it's been a better time, really. I mean, the the money and mindset really plays into what a lot of people are going through at the moment. Unfortunately, we are in a more difficult time. But in saying that, we do have more time to start going over and exploring and discovering different ways that we can move differently into the future. A lot of people have started to think differently, which I find extremely inspiring. Oh my gosh. And I think too, like the thing that I find the most exciting is just, you know, I think right now we're very, it's not just about budgeting. It's so much more about mindset now. And that's always something that's resonated with me so much more when it comes to money. Like the idea of just like having a budget and following it has never been something that's felt exciting. (laughs) But the concept of actually like how you think about money and how you feel about it and bringing all that together, I think is, is huge. And, And right now it's very important. Traditional budgeting is very unsexy, to say the least. (laughs) And I think that the ideas we have around even the word budget is not really anything positive. So what we do in in our business is we talk about like value-based spending plan because we all are going to spend. So finding a different way to think about how we can spend and manage our money in a way that really serves us better and our life better, the people we love better, the things we believe in, the foundations that we want to support. So beginning this process is is really important and starting to ask yourself those questions like, who are the businesses that you want to support? What are the ways that you'd like to redistribute your income? Do you want you know, organic vegetables every week? Is that something you value? Because then that's something you should buy. You shouldn't go in a budget and say, okay, I have to spend $50 on groceries, but I really value eating healthy and having fresh food. Does that make sense? Yes. I love looking at it like that. Yeah. And it's so nice because I feel like you know, this is a topic that's so important, like money. We all have it's in all of our lives. We all have to learn how to use it. it. We can't live without it. And, you know, like I've, I've been fortunate growing up, never had to worry about money, but in that, like my parents also never really taught me about managing money. And so, and it's never been a problem, but then the last couple of years, it's like, there's things I really want that aren't accessible to me right now. And so for the first time in my life, I'm like, how do I, like now I'm trying to teach myself things that, you know, I wish I knew when I was 19 or I wish I 
had kind of have been taught to me when I was younger. And you have to get over that hump of being like angry that someone didn't teach you this. <laughs> but then you're like wandering around figuring things out as you go and what works for you. And so I think, you know, that's an evolution. It's not, you don't take a course and all of a sudden you know what, how to manage yeah. money, but it's nice to start having this conversation now. And I know Ashley and I through the past year have had this conversation more and more. And as she kind of highlighted, we've been so excited to get someone on the podcast to talk about it. And when we met you or, or when we crossed paths, like it just <laughs> felt like a perfect connection. Cause even just looking at your Instagram, how you, present and think about money and like really talk about mindset, I think is just resonated so much with me uh, and with Ashley. I find it really interesting when you talk about your childhood, because psychology says that we develop our beliefs um, around money by the age of seven, which Mm. is pretty crazy when you think about the beliefs that you have. So the, the value, the worth, I mean, I don't really know what, what you know about money at a seven-year-old, but I think it's those inherent core beliefs or maybe things that you've learned, um, didn't learn. But then when it comes to, you know, becoming an adult, being in our thirties now and really starting to recognize things that we want, you know, whether it's an experience or it's something material, like buying your first home, having a, you know, little cottage, whatever it is, um, you're really starting to say, okay, now, now is the time I really need to think about this. Like, how am I going to get there? And taking responsibility for not being taught. You know, we have to take responsibility of our own life to make the better choices and the better decisions. And the amazing thing about taking responsibility is then you can start figuring it out. Totally. Like, then you can stop living in the past and start moving forward. And it is a discovery process and it's not something that happens overnight. And that's why I think so many people give up so easily and so many things remain a dream and they're not actually realized because it takes hard work and knowing your why of why you want to, you know, figure this out. Because like I said, it's not always sexy going through your transactions. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not sexy going, why did I, you know, buy that thing that's sitting in the garage that has no value now. It's about moving forward and making those better choices. Um, Your goals change as you go, but then you have the freedom and choice of going, okay, maybe I don't want that goal, but I want a different goal. And you just move into a different direction. Totally. And finding those things that motivate you. And I think for me, like really even embarking on this path of like learning how to start managing money and thinking about my money more consciously and being like present and engaged with how I'm spending money, where my money's going was really about coming to face like limitations, like things that I couldn't do that I wanted to. And then, you know, that's not a pleasant experience, but when you kind of are like, okay, I actually can't do this right now. Like I can't go on this trip or I can't do this right now. Why is that? And how do I start making changes so this doesn't happen again. Yeah. And I love what you said about looking through your statements or your transactions, because I did that today. I am one of those people that is responsible paying my credit card off right away. I don't like to carry over any debt, things like that, unless it's a, you know, a weird circumstance. But 
I looked through my transactions today, guys, and I saw, Sarah, I know we've talked about this and you realize, oh, I have a Squarespace subscription I forgot to cancel and I have another subscription and then that's like $75 that you just were blind to because you were too busy to log in or too scared to see what have I actually been spending money on. And it's it adds up. It's scary. The scarcity is real and seeing the expenses like I think what people can also realize now is because we're not leaving the house as much. Every mm. time I leave the house, you know, it's like, it's a hundred dollars gone. <laughs> like, mm. You know, it's so easy just to make those transactions and looking back on them and saying, how could I redistribute that? Because I would have actually really liked to have a massage this week, perhaps instead of doing X, Y, Z, but the way that we think about money affects the way that we engage with it. And being scared to look or waiting, a lot of people think that waiting to earn more money will solve the whole issue of not managing money properly or I don't have enough money, so that's why I'm in this position. And it's with the, I think it's a Parkinson's law where as you earn more money, you it's relative that you just spend more money because you're, you know, you can buy nicer things, you can live a different lifestyle, so... I think now is the best time to start regardless of your circumstances. You know, we are in a consumer economy to an extent, and hopefully that changes so there's not, you know, you know what I mean. But the temptation to buy things and even thinking about, for instance, your Instagram account, you could like something and next thing you know, you're being sponsored posts, you're being remarketed to it. So it's being aware, okay, I'm being remarketed to that thing that I, that I like or, or, or what have you. So when it comes to coaching, it's really talking about what's happening right now, like how, how we're all being sold to a consumer lifestyle and how we can respond to that by focusing on our, our desires, things we want to accomplish and connecting with that so that it can be born to life because your why needs to be bigger than, than the how because mm. there's so many temptations that, happen and spending money is fun like let's be honest very much like weight loss this is reminding me of that didn't we talk about that before I think the three of us when we had a call but it it feels like you have to really focus on what your goals are and take those baby steps like you've said in that example it's 20 or 21 days to actually not just say oh I'm gonna lose this many pounds it's just gonna happen it's like a progression and it's a way you have to coach yourself whether it's weight loss or money to actually figure out the steps day by day on how to get to your end goal? Well, I would say over the first, it's not really a practice. It's more of a weekly to monthly practice. Just making, I mean, it should become something that's just like housekeeping. But Mm. when you're beginning, the reason of looking back into seven days is because a lot of people, when they think of their budget, they think of what they, they spend versus what they what you actually spend. So there's the idea of what happens and then there's the actual. So right now with banks, um, is that usually reverse? Like what people think that they're spending is, is usually less. Okay. A lot less, a lot less. And what we've noticed from our business is that when we would go through the discovery process of going through someone's expenses, assets, liabilities, repayments, and based on their income, they should have X, Y, Z left 
as a surplus at the end of the year. So you can literally go through all of your expenses, what you need to spend, what you want to spend, separate the two. You need food. You need to pay for your rent or your mortgage. You need to pay for obligations such as your car payment or whatever else and school fees. And then your wants are things that you want to spend your money on. And then actually identify that surplus. Because if you have a $40,000 surplus, you know, per year as a couple after your expenses and and your needs and a bit of your wants, but you have $1,000 in your bank account, well, there's $39,000 a year that is not accounted for. Mm, And it's very, very interesting to see how much, how, how it's, it's not accurate at all. So that's where we really started in getting into the cash flow coaching and going through bank statements and actually getting the, the real number. So how do we start doing that? Like this, it sounds like a lot of our spending is unconscious. So how yeah. do we start consciously managing our money? Can you walk us through yeah. some, some of your tips or best suggestions? Well, practically I, I know having a, a spreadsheet would help a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're releasing a, a course soon. Um, it's a money management machine. So it's essentially um, about four spreadsheets that automates a lot for you. So you just put some numbers in and then you get kind of a, a snapshot of your cash flow situation. So getting some type of, of structure, whether you just search online, you know, just start with a simple budget and just like start to figure out where you are and then figure out where you want to be. And if you can't hire a financial advisor or a financial coach, educate yourself. So start reading books uh, like, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is a big one for money and mindset. But Mm -hmm. how to actually practically start doing things is really starting small. It's really overwhelming if you just, you know, start self-sabotaging yourself because you haven't been great with money. Most people aren't mm. great with money. I'm, I'm not, you know, exceptional with my own money. I'm still learning. So it's, it's something that evolves. It's something that, it's a practice. It's an ongoing practice, just like going to the gym or anything else. So it's getting the discipline to actually become aware, keep track of it. And if you make mistakes, be like misstep and realize mm. your start just being aware of when you go out, are you making purchases that weren't planned? And instead, can you plan purchases, things you actually (laughs) want? Because you can go out and spend $500 on something that you like, but you may have preferred to prioritize something else over that. That that happens to me more recently than ever that I I'll buy stuff. I'll end up returning it because it was on a impulse. And then I thought, I don't really want this or I don't really need this. And I can only imagine if every time I did those sorts of impulse purchases and I didn't end up returning them, like I wouldn't be racking up my credit card. We we're all girls here. We all like to spend money. Sarah and I, I know we love the same things. We'll go to yoga shops or wherever and just like buy things we never plan on buying. So it is a fun thing, but 
the stress you feel after by not making the right decision or purchase can be very not fun. And that's a really good point because you work so hard to earn money, regardless of what you do. We all trade time, you know, labor, skills for for money. And if you spend zero time trying to manage it, it's like, mm. why are you working? So, what are we working so hard for? And, and just expect it to happen. And you just expect it's going to keep coming and coming and coming. But then, of course, what's happening right now in the world, could a lot of people are in really unfortunate situations. And then if you hadn't planned or had any savings for anything just as a backup, it's going to be a big wake-up call. And I don't think this has been in anyone's risk mitigate. Well, not anyone. I shouldn't say anyone. But most people didn't have a risk mitigation strategy for you know, a global pandemic that's currently happening. People weren't, businesses weren't prepared to just shut their doors and not have customers in. So it is a really difficult time. But in saying that, in practice, what what we believe to be true is before you're investing, before you're purchasing more things, to save up the three months of your expenses, of your needs to have as your emergency fund. A thousand dollars for an emergency fund is not a thousand dollars doesn't get you the same thing it used to. No. (laughs) It it really doesn't. It used to seem like a lot of money. Um, but it's not. And starting to prepare for to feel good about spending money too, right? Like if you can go out and say, I've planned for this, I've prepared for this, I've saved for this, I'm not borrowing money from tomorrow Mm -hmm. to buy it, then I can feel really good about buying it. I know that I'm not, do you know what I mean? You're redistributing it in a different way where you're, you feel more confident and you deserve to feel that way when you buy things. Yeah. Spending money doesn't have a negative association. It starts becoming, again, going back to mindset, like something that feels abundant, empowering and that you're ready for. And having the flow as well, the flow of money, whether you're a small business owner, you earn an income, you have to spend money to make money as well too. So whether that's investing in self-development, investing in a professional, investing time to learn and educate yourself and empower yourself. The interesting thing about it is the compound effect, which is essentially a phenomenon, but it is real, is that small, smart choices you make repeatedly over time have huge results, which comes down to our habits and our behaviors. And it's just like anything in life. And I think it's really empowering because if we make small choices that add up over time, we will start to see the results but we have to get over the immediate gratification. And even for me in the last two months, I made a budget since I was inside (laughs) and, but, and it's, and I've underspent because I haven't been doing anything, uh, which is great. Like I love this time for the fact that I just have cut all of my expenses basically. Like I've done no online shopping. I haven't eaten out like none of those things. And I've consciously made that decision. Like I don't want to put my money there right now because it's not, I don't need to. But it's been eye-opening to look at my spending compared to what I think it is because you're right. It's not aligned at all. It's wildly off base. But even seeing that, 
it's super empowering to know where I overspend and where I underspend. Like what I budget for groceries, I don't come near that amount every month. But I do go over on like miscellaneous. Well, I forgot to, to budget gas. Yeah, I went way over on alcohol. And then like, I also need to buy like a face cream every two months. And like, so things yeah. like that, that you kind of just don't realize. I'm actually like, oh, wow, this should be a line item in my budget because a significant portion mm-hmm. of my income goes towards this. Mm-hmm. Even from just an awareness standpoint, not even like my old view of a budget was like a very rigid thing that you were like made a promise to and you couldn't break. But just being able to use it as like an awareness tool has been hugely empowering. And a big tip on that once you're kind of through phase one is <laughs> is becoming more, um, cr- cr- making it more automated. So you don't have to think about it. Bank accounts aren't expensive, especially if you reach the transaction amount you need to reach in the month. So if you have bank accounts where you have, okay, this is my, you know, this is my self-care fund. This is what I can use for my self-care fund. So the face creams and those things. And each pay, I can put a little bit of money away towards that. And I can put a little money away, um, you know, for that vacation that I want to go on a year from now. And right now we can't plan, well, we can plan international travel, but we can't, we don't know when it will happen, but it's a great time to say, well, it's probably, you know, maybe a year away since we could go on that trip or we will go on that trip. Well, we have a year to save. So let's save, let's figure out where we want to go and create that bank account structure where when you get paid, you know, the money automatically will go into different accounts. So it's not just all together. And then you're forgetting about that bill or that registration or that, you know, those things that just seem to come out of nowhere, but could be very well predicted if we actually sit down and think about what are those four month quarterly expenses? What are the annual expenses? Like, And then it's not a shock and it's not stressful. And it's not like, oh, well, I can't go to dinner this week with my girlfriends because I have this, you know, bill or whatever that really isn't sexy and isn't fun. And now it's impeding on my life. Totally. Yeah. I think that can be really stressful for people when they want to participate. We all have been there, have friends, and they just can't participate in certain things because they haven't. They don't want to spend money on it. But I guess kind of what you're saying is that you just need to plan for those those occasions when you can feel comfortable and confident to, to, to spend money on miscellaneous. I also think when people can't spend money on things, I have so much respect for them when they're like, no, I'm not going out to dinner. I'm saving my money right now. Because I don't think everyone does that. I think people feel guilty and they feel shame and they go out and spend money that they maybe don't have and have to take it from somewhere else. And I have so much respect for anyone who who's just upfront about that and even aware enough to know like, this isn't going to work for me this week. Going over dinner is expensive nowadays. And you can be creative as well. I mean tell your friends like I'm saving for, for this thing, but I'd love to, you know, not go out for dinner maybe and let's have a dinner party at home and Mm. let's drink all the wine and eat all the food and not leave with that, that huge bill. So 
you there's know, ways it can be exciting. Being creative, you don't have to give things up. And I think there's that idea around a budget that you have to become, you know, a penny pincher. And no one wants to be a penny pincher. <laughs> no. <laughs> or, to be, or to be cheap or to feel like, well, I can't experience the things I used to experience because of that. I mean, everything has a trade-off, but you're just redistributing. Something that's just, oh, sorry, Sarah, something that's just coming to mind when we talked a few weeks ago, we um, jumped on a call with Danielle just to catch up. But I remember you talking specifically about having these big goals or ideas. It could be, I think for you guys, it was a trip and you know that you are planning this trip. You want it to be a kick-ass trip and subconsciously setting those types of goals actually help you figure out how to make more money or you figure out how to make more money because you want to get there. Like, can you talk a bit about why that happens and how that happens? So for example, when I was speaking with you, I was saying that our, you know, our revenue and our discipline gets accelerated near actually the end of the year when we should be tuning things down but we know that we go on a big trip every year over the holidays and we have a lot of expenses and whatnot. And although we do save for it, it has something to do about the mindset behind, you know, wanting to do these additional things, go to can we go to Canada for six weeks. So it is a significant, um, you know, it is a significant time to be away from Australia. Mm-hmm. We do still operate our business because we can operate it from anywhere, but we aren't, bringing on new business. We're literally managing our clientele and, and being on vacation. But when you have a goal and you actually set it, you'll do different things and you'll find different ways to make it happen. I can't explain it. You can't plan for certain things. That's why you need to have a goal. And then you figure out how to get there. Mm. You know, whether it's, you know, you're using your own resources and just making those small choices that just get you there. Like we do so well when we plan these seven day, 30 day goals every month at the start of the month, we go over our revenue targets and also the service we provide. It's not just about maximizing profit and revenue. It coincides with sustainably what we're able to do in business and the service we provide, but it is important to go back to those numbers at the start of the month and say, okay, what are our, what are our goals this month? How many new clients are we taking on? What, how are we going to do that? How are we going to manage it? And then you, you start to get there, but months where we haven't done that, our numbers and our results just aren't the same as what they were. So it's like the preparation, the attitude, taking the action, then you have a bit of luck because you put yourself in a position where lucky things happen because you've worked hard. So you have a big goal, you make it happen and you're, you're more willing to make sacrifices. Why, why would you make a sacrifice if you have nothing to look forward to? Oh, that's, I like that. One of the things that you talked about when I watched your business brunch video last week um, was one of the things that you do talk about quite a lot, Danielle, is taking care of your finances in 30 minutes a week. Can you tell us what that looks like? Yeah. How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, if you're in a relationship, if you have a partner, 
I would definitely suggest to start having the, some people don't talk about money and they're, they live together. Like they've been together for years. They fight about money. Um, but then actually talking about it and, and planning. So just before I get into the 30 minutes, if, and if you're single, it's obviously a bit different, but I do think it is a really important exercise for couples to do together because it helps to plan and prepare. So, you know, if one of you goes out and buys X, Y, Z, the other person, you're like, why'd you buy that? We don't need that. You know what I mean? So it kind of sets the tone, not that it has to be, you know, each other controlling your finances, but getting to a point where you say, okay, well, this is fair. And, you know, you can have this in your account. I'll have this in my account for what we want to spend money on. But then we prioritize our goals and our plans together. So if we want to go on a trip, et cetera. So going back from that into the 30 minutes a week, if you're in a relationship, just like have a time where you're actually going to talk together and follow up on things and track things, see where you're at. So managing it in 30 minutes a week would be that you've already established a budget or a spending plan. And then on a weekly basis, kind of just tracking to see how you did and even writing, you know, I, I felt like treating myself a bit more this week, or I felt this way this week about my money and seeing how tracking your behavior and your attitudes and your habits and how they evolve and change. So start doing it for 30 days, one day a week. Yes. Go through your transactions. Make sure you're not overpaying for things. As you said, subscriptions, check your PayPal account. You should be able to see all of your um, subscriptions in PayPal and then start planning for expenditure. So things that are coming up, if you don't have the discipline to, you know, work on it for just 30 minutes a week, it's just about looking at it, thinking about how you feel about it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and recognizing what you want to focus on because that will change over time. You might want to focus on paying down that credit card. And that, that's fine. Just start there. And then tracking it keeps you motivated to work towards it. And mm. it doesn't feel awesome at the start, but it will start to feel better as you, you know, build up that account. And you're like, where did that money even come from in that, that account? And you start to actually not forget about them, but you're like, oh yeah, why did I use that card to buy this? I could have bought this for my, do you know what I mean? So you're, preparing a system that becomes more automated because it's exhausting to think about every single purchase, what you do about your money every single day. And don't put that pressure on yourself. Mm. So the weekly tracking thing is just to see how you did and then make those small changes. Yeah. I feel like just writing anything down, writing goals down, anything is just so helpful. So this is something I know, Sarah, you've started doing, but I don't do But I don't write them down because I did it when I initially started this, I was like, I have to track every cent I spend. And that was like overwhelming. But mm. since oh, we yeah. talked to Danielle, what I do is just on Sundays and it's gone from money being stressful to me just being curious of mm-hmm. like, I've changed that outlook. I'm more like, yeah. where did I spend money this week? Out of like curiosity and... I just go back through my, because I'm not going out every day, it's so easy to go through my debit and my visa. It takes me 10 minutes and I can literally be like, oh, I've got this subscription. Oh, I spent 
$15 at Dairy Queen. Another <laughs> another DQ blizzard this week. <laughs> yeah. And but, it's not about living without <laughs> those things, right? Like, no. I think as much as people have spending problems, I mean, spending too much, some people spend too little, like live a little, spend yeah. a bit of money. Like, get that latte, <laughs> the ice cream. Yeah, get that. Don't, you don't need to start managing your money. Like there's so many things I see about a coffee a day adds up to. I hate well, that. I'm not going to stop buying a coffee. Like I value that. I enjoy and really miss going into my local coffee shop, yeah. you know, hearing the music, seeing people like, don't give that up. That's not the thing to give up. No. And, and like Sarah just said, it's, it's such a good time to do that because most people's expenses aside from your bills and whatever um, things that are necessary to pay for and are withdrawal drawn out of your account. I'm just going and getting some groceries here and there. Maybe the odd coffee. There is a coffee shop by us that does do a window, like a safe window right now. And I think it would be the best time because like you said, Sarah, it takes five, 10 minutes just to kind of jot everything or look at everything and see where you're at. So it might be good for everyone to start building this practice now into the future. And it's also nice to do on a weekly basis because I feel like it helps me redistribute money. And Danielle, you kind of touched on this at the beginning. Like it helps me be aware of like, oh, I've already spent $50 on eating out this month. Do I really want to go for dinner again? Or do I like again this week when I spent $50 last week? Or do I want to buy some new clothes and go shopping without having to budget myself at the end of the month. Exactly. And that's something I've learned a lot as well through this whole isolation. And moving to now where I live in Pottsville in New South Wales, it's a smaller community. So you can't, there's no Uber here. So (laughs) that automatically saved me. I'm not joking, like $5,000 a year because (laughs) well, we work a lot in, in the first three years of starting a business, you know, I'm looking at my ROI and it's, I'm not, it was actually worth me spending the money on Uber to continue working because I just, like, I didn't have time to make dinner. I just didn't, or I didn't make the time. Mm. But now, like, we're having groceries delivered today, but over the past few days, I thought we've had no, like, no food. And I've made the best meals over the past few days. I'm like, that's just a mindset thing. Like, Use you just, what you have. Use what you have. And I'm so, I love going out and eating. And that's one thing I've realized, like, I don't need to do as often. Mm. Because sometimes I just go out because I don't want to look in my fridge and cook. Like, that's real. It's not actually. Just get dressed up and go for the whole kind of experience. Like you said, hearing the music in a a bar Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I think it just helps you decide where you want to spend your money consciously. If it is like you Mm -hmm. want to go out for dinner or if it is something else. And at least you can be aware of how you're directing it and if you need to change it or if you're on the right track. Exactly, exactly. And just enjoying it more and not being so stressed. Like let's remove the stress and and change it for enjoyment, not have so much attachment to it. And something very important is that when you do overspend or you waste money, just not to be so hard on yourself for it and don't be so attached to it. Like just mm. let it go. Let it go. Learn and from it. Move on. 
I find it interesting too, because if you value your time with money too, some things aren't worth, worth it. Like, are you going, if you got overcharged something that's $5, but it will take you an hour to call the provider and tell them about it. Is that actually worth your time? Hmm. Compared to $50 or something more substantial. Yeah, sub- sub- more substantial. Yeah, exactly. How do, how do yeah, you... So back to the rules of thumb. Um, the first one really is the 50-30-20 rule. So 50% yes. of your income should be for your needs. So things you have to pay for to survive. Um, okay. And then 30% for your wants. So things you want. If you want a new car, if you want a vacation, if you want um, new save for a child. <laughs> yeah, so that, well, that's actually not saving, sorry. That's actually your want, your your immediate type of wants. So I, I got ahead of myself. So that would be more like going out for dinner, those types of things, buying clothes. Okay. And you have ESI, 20%. What so is ESI? So early debt repayment. savings and investing. So investing as a rule of thumb tends to come a bit, not last, but hear me out. So the early debt repayment is starting to um, pay more on any debts you have that are high interest. So credit card debts, um, maybe personal loans um, and evaluating those different debts to see how much interest am I paying for this? But if I'm just paying the minimum repayment, how many years am I going to be paying this for? And how can I, how can I escalate those payments with my surplus so that once that early debt repayment is paid off, you have more cash flow to put mm. towards other things? Because if you're just paying your credit card payment every month, that's a reoccurring expense until that's paid off. So until that's paid off, we can't put that money anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So things like, I mean, you could even look at your mortgage and pay that off faster, but that's tends to have a lower interest rate um, and a longer life that, for you to pay it off. Obviously, yeah, I, accelerating payments will save you money, save you interest, have it paid off sooner. But if that's not a goal of yours, that's not a goal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I have a student loan from my master's, which I didn't finish. Um, and it's not a lot. I think it's like $3,000 or something like that. But I've just never allotted the cash to, to that. And I pay yeah. my interest every month. But I always pay like an extra 40 or 50 bucks. Yeah. Not a lot, but enough that it's the balance is moving down every yeah, year. Yeah, moving down and not up. Mm-hmm. And you can make small adjustments and see big savings through that. Like if you put that to a hundred dollar payment, how much sooner would that be paid off and how much of that saving interest? But it also depends on your priorities as well. If it's not a high interest rate and it's not a big payment, then, mm-hmm. you know, that that's up to you to, to, to decide really. Um, then with the savings, So that's when you're saving for, and what we do is we put it in separate accounts for different things that we're saving for. Some people can put it into one account, but I like to actually just name the accounts and then have the automated payments go into it. So it's not like when you get paid, you have to then go decide, how am I going to allocate this? And people don't like letting go of the money. 
and letting the flow go. So when you set up the automation, you don't have to think about it. You made that choice. Mm. The money is going into a savings account anyway. You totally. make the rules, right? And, and then investing. So whether that's self-development or investing in the market, a lot of people want to invest, but they can't manage their cash flow. So how are you going to keep investing when you can't manage the cash flow to continue investing? So that's why starting with cash flow is super important. So then you can identify where to get the surplus to actually allocate it somewhere else. So you're investing in the market, starting to buy some shares on an ongoing basis, or if you're doing self-development or investing more into your business or Investing more in experiences for me, self-development is huge. So I invest in, you know, whether it's a mentor or um, like a business educator or someone that's going to help me be accountable. Like we all need that, in my opinion. Yeah. Helps me stay on track. So if you're investing in things like that, reading books, getting that education, that foundation. So I think that's really important. And for us, we revisit things, we change our goals, you know, as we go. And then we, you know, have, well, like when I met Stefano, he actually had a vision board on his desk in his office because we met work, which is really funny. (laughs) But I will bookmark things on my Instagram for a vision board or all, I do write my goals down every month. And this month I had some pretty big goals. So, you know, you can look at it And what I find the best part about writing your goals down is that when you go back and look on it in the future and you see that things you've manifested have actually become real, it's like, oh, this works. A hundred percent. Sarah and I are big vision board people. (laughs) Mine's right in front of me. Mine's in my closet. It's a good visual reminder, right? I've got a $5 bill on mine, which is not a lot of money, but I've got the $5 bill there because it was, I came out to my car once and it was stuck under my front tire. And I was just like, I love free money. So I was like, I'm sticking on the vision board. I'll accept all the free money from the universe. Yeah. Open up that container to receive receive the cash. (laughs) I also use, um, well, Sarah gifted me the five minute um, journal and journaling in in the morning and evening it's a super easy way we've talked about this before but I actually have there is a bookmark in there but I also have just a piece of paper as the bookmark as well that has like 10 things that are important to me and I force myself even when I don't feel like it I'm like read these over read these over read these over but I can't wait for the day that I can kind of check one of those boxes because they are bigger life goals and and know that it came came to realization. It wasn't just something you thought about that wasn't attainable. You actually were able to reach that goal. So, and reviewing them and writing them down is a practice. Like hmm. we um, had Grant Cardone on our podcast. He said he writes his goals down every morning and every night, like daily goals or just goals he repeats for like big time. goals. Like I want, you know, this is what I this is what I want. Like he, yeah. And he's accomplished a lot. And I just find it very interesting when you listen to people who have, you know, you know, whether it's becoming a best-selling author, you know, build a big business and then actually listening to what, what did you do? Like, what were those practices? Nothing makes us different. Mm -hmm. 
Totally. So I, okay. I love this. I just want to recap the money tips just yeah. basically for myself when I listen to yeah, like, it. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get it out there. Okay. Tell us if we're wrong. <laughs> okay. So every week we're going to review our spending. So we're going to use our banking apps and we're going to just go through where our money went that week. We Actually, we start with the spending plan. So 101, if you don't have one yet, put in what yeah, you're spending. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. Then start reviewing your where your money goes every week. And the rule of thumb is 50% towards your needs. So when you're doing your fit, your spending plan, figure out what that 50% is. 30% towards your wants. 20% towards early debt, savings, and investing. When do we start investing? You said not right away. Is there a time when we should start investing? Well... I mean, you could start investing right away, but as a general rule of thumb, if you're paying something like, for example, purposes, if you have a thousand dollar credit card with a 20% interest rate and you want to go invest a thousand dollars, can you, can you withstand the longevity of your investment? Like in the market, have you thought about you know, how long you can keep that for, what type of investing you want, or should you, should you pay down the credit card first? Mm. But in reality, we should all be investing ASAP because of the compound effect. We want our investments to compound and compound and compound and grow over time. And the earlier we start, the better the result will be. Totally. How much do we need in savings? Is there a number? Three months, three months of your expenses at least. Of our needs and we're just needs. I would do more needs because you can live without shopping. You can, well, some people can, (laughs) you can live without those certain things. So when it really comes down to it, you want to make sure that if something happens, you have that emergency kind of emergency fund. You have that, those savings there for a reason, you can dip into them and then replace them and prioritize replacing them or just continually adding to it and having it grow. Like, what are you comfortable with? It's about asking yourself the questions. I think that a lot of people think I'm either good or I'm bad with money, but you Mm. need to figure out how money works for you. And as much as you can look for direction everywhere, I think you really need to sit down with yourself and ask yourself questions and start to figure it out and empower yourself to make better choices. Totally. I love that so much. Are there any tools or tips, resources that you would recommend for us in our thirties or whatever age we're at? (laughs) Ashley and I are in our (laughs) thirties becoming independent women a little late. (laughs) Ashley's independent. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, So we've got the awareness, we've got the budget. And then when it comes to the tips, I mean, figuring out what you desire and what direction you want to go and having, having that be an ongoing practice. Like it is a lifestyle. It's not something going away anytime soon. So let's start building that relationship with money, with our future, having conversations. I mean, it can be viewed as being taboo to talk about. I don't know why talking about money is just, you know, we can't talk about money. can't talk about our, 
I mean, we can, but there's that idea around it being, you know, something people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. It is so nice to talk about it. And also like, you don't have to talk about the things that you're not comfortable with. If you don't want to talk about your salary or stuff like that, but no. it's, also, it's also not a bad thing though. And it's not a bad thing to normalize. Like I know a few years ago with some of our girlfriends, we did sit down and talk about what we were all earning and it was an important conversation. And it was very good because one of our friends like was being way underpaid. And, yeah. and you also need to know that you need to know when you are being underpaid for your value, your services, especially when everyone else around you is being paid significantly more at, at the more. next level. You need yeah. to, like, it gives you the confidence to go and ask for what you're worth. Right. Exactly. And statistics show that women are less likely to negotiate a salary than men. And why are we uncomfortable in that situation, we just want to, you want to give and give and give, but you need to receive. So abundance is that balance between giving and receiving. Hmm. It really is. And I think those conversations are really important to start valuing your worth and saying, okay, well, this isn't what everyone else is getting. And this is how they did it differently. We don't need to keep all these secrets. (laughs) I'm all for talking about money. Yeah. And I think it, it talk to your friends that you trust and feel comfortable about and want their opinions. I mean, don't just go to a dinner party and start probably telling everyone how much money you make or spend. <laughs> but I think it is important. And it, especially for women, like you said, Danielle, to actually find out what we're being paid versus maybe uh, one of our male coworkers or someone else. And if it seems too good to be true, like, you know, if you see something about investing and getting rich quick, I'd probably question it. Um, Great tip. Yes. (laughs) Try to get rich quick on Bitcoin or something, you know, you need to have a a strategy and something that's, that's also long-term and sustainable. And you can even invest in things that you believe in. You can look at companies and value the company and think, well, I I like that company. I value that company. I understand the company is profitable. If you need to speak with a professional or get educated, I mean, do that. And if you want to invest in the market and you have, you know, money, find a great financial advisor, find someone Mm. who's helped someone plan their investments to get them, whether it's dividends of ongoing income, whether it's capital growth, whether it's helping you navigate to save money on tax and invest more into your, you know, long-term strategy. So get, get professional help, but start with yourself because professional help, if you can't pay for it and you have no money to allocate anyway, I think the questions need to start happening with you. Start with the spending plan and the mindset. Yeah. Then into the strategy. (laughs) Then into the strategy. And like, if you don't know what you want, right, you need to start with where you are and then find out where you want. And then a professional or you through education and whatnot can identify the different ways that you can get there. Such, such good advice. And, you know, I don't know. I think that we're on a journey. Like we've started on this journey and it's, it's kind of fun when you get going and you change your mindset about it so that it's not scary or something taboo and more so it's like 
something you're curious about and just want more awareness around. Exactly. And there are a lot of resources when it comes to podcasts and books and webinars, any information that you can get, like um, if you want a, a goals book or if you want, you know, starting to invest book or the $100 startup, um, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. This one here is amazing. Ooh. Um, so that helps you understand compounding. So it does go through habits and behaviors and money and, and all of the things. And you've got your own podca- podcast launching soon. So can you kind of tell us a bit about that and what people could listen and get advice from you guys? Yeah, so we started um, the Self Mastery Podcast, which is where we interview and have conversations with entrepreneurs, um, authors, innovators and creatives and just find out how they got to where they were like what were the practices they did like that's what I find is so interesting mm. like what are what are your secrets and how can we tell everyone else about that? because <laughs> if you did it can someone else do it and how can we inspire that change to happen so we um we had Grant Cardone as our first guest so exciting messenger who is um She's Australian, but I admire her. She's written 16 books, owns a publishing company, magazine, all the things. We had her as well and a couple more guests. We actually had Gary V, someone that works for Gary V. His name's Brandon Hatcher. So helping us out with all the, the TikTok and the Instagram and what it's like, <laughs> what it's like to work for Gary V. Um, so that's pretty cool. And we'll be launching soon. So that's really exciting. But oh. the purpose other two is not just to talk about money and it's to talk about other other people to shed us on different areas of life so whether it's health um you know social leadership business and helping us understand those different aspects asking those questions so awesome we look forward to checking that out oh i'm so excited you'll have to let us know when it launches danielle so we can share it with everyone i will thank you And thanks so much for having me on. Today's been so fun. This has been awesome to talk to you. I'm like more stoked about money now. (laughs) I love it. I am too. (laughs) Danielle, where can everyone? (laughs) What? And we want everyone everyone else to be. (laughs) Where can everyone find you online? So I'm most active on Instagram. Ooh, we love Insta. Yeah. And I don't know how I got the name, but it's at... D-E-E-S-O-P-P, so D-SOP. So kind of like Danielle Sapa, but just D. <laughs> Everyone calls me D. I was abbreviated when I, when I moved to Australia. Everyone calls me D here. Australians abbreviate everything, so. I was going to ask if you went by D or not. We have one more question before we play a really fun game, but we want to know... Danielle, what lights you up right now? What are you the most excited about in life? Mm, that's interesting. I'm going through a bit of a discovery process myself. Um, at the moment, we're starting another venture and um, it's a new business. So that's really exciting. And I'm starting to get outside of the, <clears throat> the bubble of being just in my, my business So starting to scale some things online through courses and having more of an impact. So I'm really excited about that. So the evolution of kind of where we started is really exciting to me. And um, becoming 
you know, happy where you are and, and where I'm going. Um, try not to have so much pressure on that. That lights me up. It's like, you know, you're discovering yourself and discovering what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And I really enjoy that process, like developing the habits. Mostly every morning we go for a walk on the beach. <laughs> and I know that <laughs> that's not the reality for you guys there at the moment. But because it's, it's 600 meters from our house. And when we weren't doing it, I was feeling like I was missing out on something. I really was. Mm. And discovering the way to start my days, like, I feel so good and so lit up. And I feel so inspired because the sun's, sunrise looks different every day. Every mm. day looks different. And it prepares me for the hows in the day, for mm. things to go wrong, for mistakes to be made, for, you know, solutions to happen from difficult circumstances, whatever is in front of you and preparing your day and your morning mm-hmm. with doing something inspiring that really lights me up and helps me to handle it. Because if I, and I recognize that through awareness that when I would wake up at eight o'clock and I'm getting a stressful email at eight thirty, like I'm not ready to handle that. Mm. Yeah. You get up early, especially if you're seeing, well, we follow you on Instagram, but if you are seeing the sunrise, what time is that for you then? Um, well, the sun's coming up around, we want to get there around 545. Wow. So by 8 a.m., you are well prepared to handle and you've already had a morning. 8 a.m., I am on fire. Like my, and, and it's recognizing that. That's what lights me up because like what we do is we do our most difficult tasks in the morning when we're, you know, like we have the important meetings in the morning when we're really energized when we can yes. really give when we can really be on our game. And if, if I don't do those things, like I'm not prepared. It's kind of like a, my own variation of the 5am club, mm-hmm. but I take it to an extreme, like our mornings start at five and then around nine, we have our morning meeting, but we have, four hours like it extends your day mm-hmm. that really lights me up and I encourage everyone to try it and some mornings I wake up and I'm like I'm tired like I want to sleep but I don't regret getting up and I trick myself mm-hmm. into promising a nap that I don't take oh that's a nice oh I did that this morning I got up and I was like you'll take a nap later it'll be fine I realize kind of what you're saying Danielle is that certain things in the morning, I would consider myself not to be a morning person, but I think I just didn't have a good mindset or a good routine in the morning. I just kind of like floated through my mornings and it just, it wasn't anything that I really appreciated. And now I have been getting up earlier. I kind of leave my curtain open a little bit. So this natural sun starts to wake me up. So I'm not waking up feeling confused about the time. I want my body to get into this rhythm and where we live in our building is where the sun rises in a distance. I can't quite see it coming out of the water like you can on the beach. But as soon as I feel that and I can like see the orange and the sun coming up, it makes you feel so good. And you feel like you have so much time to kind of even just sit and enjoy coffee or sit and read before you actually have to, or go for a walk, whatever it is, before you have to dial in and start replying to emails. So it is, it's a good time to to rethink mornings right now. I mean, when you wake up, recognize those habits. Like I noticed 
what I was doing and still do at times, like no one's perfect, is that I would wake up and a big way that I communicate with my family and friends is Instagram and my phone. Waking up and just going on Instagram is not the best way to start your day. Like I just don't think it is. So then waking up and just getting dressed really quick and running out the door to watch the sunrise and then reading, listening to a podcast, doing yoga, eating breakfast, doing those things, you know, just sets you up for the day. So everyone has their own variation too. But the discipline to stick with it gives you discipline in other areas of your life as well. So Mm. totally. I love that. I'm on a mission to find my morning routine. So I love that you said that. Sarah, I really wish our morning routine was a walk and a coffee and a chat on the beach in the morning. That would that would absolutely get me out of bed. And everyone's just running towards the surf. Like surfers are just here in the morning. They're going surfing. So, And on this beach, it's quite isolated here. Um, you know, there's you only run into five or six people in the morning when you go really early, but like people are going surfing. It's so cool. Everyone's happy. Like just, it's awesome. You have I'm to happily it. sleeping. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Danielle or D we will call you for all of the Australian listeners we have. Um, we're going to play a round of Westy Grams, which is our favorite game and how we end every episode <laughs> is yeah. a made up game. So you don't know what it is. No pressure there. And okay. because you're in Australia, we're here. We're in the virtual rival and queen room. We're going to play remotely. So you, all you have to do is pick a number between 1 and 87. And we'll ask you a question. And we'll all go around and do a, do a round. 1 and 87. 9. 9. See what we got. This is perfect for this. For this money awareness. Danielle, how much is a carton of milk? (laughs) Is a carton? Okay, this is... (laughs) Is a carton just like one... Like a two liter? Like a box. Well, we actually bought almond milk. Half price yesterday. It was $1.25. Oh, I think that's a good deal. It was a great deal. We just always laugh about things you buy that you need that you just don't pay attention to the price sometimes so i actually like this question because it always comes out what kind of milk people drink and then mm-hmm. like <laughs> it's usually not milk I think. yeah it's almost always nut milk i've been to oat milk right now and i think that's 4.99 which is kind of Ooh, expensive heard but... really good things about oat milk and i love so good i love almond coconut milk like so good i'm really into cashew milk that's my, my thing Ooh. Ooh. ash pick a number for us Oh, I'm going to go with one of the higher ones. Let's say 85. What is your, I really wanted you to pick a higher one. So what is your favorite, (laughs) what is your favorite childhood cereal? Oh, I want to say probably alphabets. Oh, good one. I forgot about them. I love them. Because they're kind of like lucky charms, but just the. Without the marshmallows. Yeah. I think that was like a regular thing that was considered back then healthy, which definitely is not. I want cereal now, though, that you've said this. Uh, Danielle, what is your favorite childhood cereal? I think it was like either Lucky Charms or what was that fluff stuff? Do you remember that? called fluff that you'd put on bread. Oh, like the marshmallow spread? That's yeah. so good. Oh my god. 
I never ate that in my entire life. I used to love when we could eat that. Like it was kind of like a treat. I feel like I remember always having it in our cupboard, in our baking cupboard, but no one ever really ate it. And no one really knew what to do with it. Yeah, I've traded that now for avalon toast. (laughs) (laughs) Good choice. Amazing. (laughs) Perfectly Australian. Uh, I think Honey Nut Cheerios is my favorite childhood cereal, but I'm glad you said Alphabet Sash because I used to eat those too and I forgot about them. Golden Grams, those were good as well. Oh, I never had those. Really good. Full of sugar. Yeah, (laughs) like cinnamon coated sugar. I am going to do number 83 just to stay in the high numbers as well. Oh, favorite Disney movie? I did not know that this was a question. Okay, <laughs> so easy. Aristocats because there's no conflict. I friggin' love that movie. I forgot about that one. It's my favorite Disney one. No conflict, real happy. No, I lo- no evil I, villains. No evil villains. Yeah. I loved Aladdin, but the Red Genie scared me. So... aristocrats. Every every Disney movie was scary when you were a child, I feel like. Yeah, I still find them scary now. (laughs) Danielle, what is your favorite Disney movie? We're just doing the tour of these questions. The Little Mermaid, for sure. So good. I used to make my my dad used to watch it with me like every night. Like, can you believe that? He must have just been like the Little Mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) Saint. What's the song? Ash, what's yours? Um, I kind of think Aladdin was my favorite, but I really liked Cinderella, Snow White. I liked a lot of them. They're so good. But you only get one. I know. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with Aladdin. <laughs> I love you. Cutthroat. Oh, just joking. <laughs> oh, I love it, Danielle. This has been so awesome and so nice to chat tonight and morning. Two time zones. I know, right? I must be your guest that's the furthest away. You are. You absolutely are. <laughs> we did have one in Vegas, but you're much further even than that. So it's about sixteen thousand kilometers. Well, wow. thank you for coming on sixteen thousand kilometers away. <laughs> we didn't even have a delay in our conversation or anything. So good. Thank you so much. It was so fun. I hope everyone took a lot from it and uh, yes. starts getting creative with the money, making it fun. Yes, that's right. And make, getting empowered, feeling good about it. Let's that's make what it we're sense. all about. Yeah. High-fiving money. Love it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hi, all. It's Sarah. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy it, please subscribe and leave us a review. We would love that. And if you're feeling super generous, you can also share this episode with a friend. We'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at rivalandqueen at gmail.com and definitely chat with us through social. We're at Rival and Queen. All right, that's it. We love you guys. Thanks. Thanks.